Hi, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Tuesday, January the 16th. And welcome to our commentary. Well, we've been pretty cold here uh, in North Texas for the last 24, 48 hours. Temperatures dropping into the single digits very early in the morning. Uh, I'm looking at it right now. I think it's, uh, yeah, 16, is, uh, 16 degrees as I speak to you. So that's not, you know, that's not what we don't normally get uh, here in uh, in North Texas, although there's always a week or two that gets pretty, pretty cold in, uh, in January or February. But here's the best part. Here's the best part. There was a lot of controversy about whether or not the grid, the power grid would hold up. It did. And now this is the consecutive, the second consecutive uh, time. The other one was during the summer when we had two or three weeks of just absolute heat. I mean, it was unbearable for two or three weeks. Lots of air conditioning, of course, running uh, during those two or three weeks. But the power held up. The grid held up, as they say. And here in this last uh, uh, couple of days, the power grid held up again, which is, I think, a tribute, you know, or at least a recognition that some lessons were learned uh, from that terrible experience in February of 2021. And, uh, you know, we should congratulate uh, whether it's the legislature or the whoever, the administrators, whoever were behind this and making sure that it didn't happen again. And it did not. So uh, it doesn't mean that you don't conserve energy whenever you can. I do. I mean, why should I pay more than I have to? But certainly the power grid came through. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing because, look, I think a lot of people were worried about that. And they were worried during the summer, too. But as I said, two different situations, extreme heat and now extreme cold. And in both times, uh, the power grid uh, held up. So congratulations to the people who run these things. Uh, we're happy. We're happy that uh, things uh, were holding up. One another thing, too, that I wanted to mention about uh, the power grid, and this I thought was very useful, uh, very transparent, I should say, as well. They put out these reports where you can go on the Internet, click a link, and you could see how much power we were using statewide and how much we had in reserve. And at no time, at no time, was there ever any danger of losing, of losing power. Now, there were some isolated places where power was lost, but it had nothing to do with the grid. I mean, sometimes you'll have incidents like that where a tree will fall down and, and break down some cables or whatever. That happens every every year. But uh, the grid came through once again quite well. Now, congratulations to everybody, everybody involved in that. Speaking of cold weather, <laughs> they had quite a lot of cold weather up in Iowa for this caucus. In fact, it's a heck of a lot colder up there than it was down here in Texas, so I don't know if they want to hear me complain about about uh, cold temperatures, but it was very nasty up there in Iowa. Lots of snow as well, but they had a they had a, a caucus, and at the end of the night, uh, it was a great night for President Trump. He won like 50, 51 percent of the vote, which is pretty impressive when you think of all the candidates running. Uh, Governor DeSantis came in in second place at twenty one. Nikki Haley was uh, 19, almost, a little bit be below 20. So she was like two points down. And then the rest of the, the rest of the, of the members uh, of the, of the ballot. Uh, but it was a great night for President Trump. That's all you can say. And what happens now, of course, is the question that everybody is uh, speculating. I think it's over, frankly. I think as far as the nomination is concerned, I think it's over. I think it's obvious that uh, the nomination or the road to the nomination has to go through Donald Trump. 
He will be the nominee unless something, you know, out of the ordinary, out of the blue, something, you know, very bad happens. Uh, he will be the nominee. And uh, we still have some some things to do, like New Hampshire. Now, Nikki Haley will do well in New Hampshire. She could very well, not, I don't think she's going to win, but she could make it close, maybe less than 10 points, maybe even five points. And the reason for that is that uh, there are, there's a Democrat campaign going on in New Hampshire to actually switch votes from Democrat to Republican so that some Democrats will end up voting for Nikki Haley. And the idea here is just to make Trump look bad. I mean, that's all that it is. It's not that they like Nikki Haley. They wouldn't vote for Nikki Haley in a general election. They just want to make Trump look bad. So you could see in New Hampshire coming up, not an upset. I don't think that's going to happen. But I, I think it could be closer than it was in, in Iowa. As I said, it could be less than 10 points, maybe even five points uh, difference in, in New Hampshire. That could happen. That could happen. Now, what, what works the other way, I think, is that uh, the five to six points that Vivek was uh, earning will now go to uh, President Trump. So whatever he has, you have to add to him whatever Vivek uh, was getting. And then, of course, the question mark or the wild card is Dick, uh, Governor DeSantis. What does he do now? If he hangs around and goes to South Carolina, then he won't be much of a factor in New Hampshire because I just don't think he was ever projected to win a high percentage of the votes there. If he drops out, which I frankly would like to see, I'd like to see him drop out and endorse uh, President Trump, then I think that almost makes it an automatic uh, for Donald Trump to win uh, New Hampshire, assuming Nikki Haley doesn't drop out and don't discount that possibility as well. I think right now everything is up in the air because it all comes back to the people who write checks. And the people who write checks do not like to play games. They don't like to write checks for people who have zero chance of winning. And right now, honestly, no one, barring some something out of the blue, has a chance to win the nomination other than a guy named Trump. So my guess is that this will end before New Hampshire, meaning everybody will drop out, or it will end in South Carolina when Governor, uh, when Nikki Haley, Governor Nikki Haley, will face really a pretty tough defeat in her home state. I mean, because Trump is way up in South Carolina, and he's getting the endorsement, I think, of the two senators there and the governor. I mean, she's going to walk into her home state, and does she want to suffer a humiliating defeat in her home state? I hope not, but she may if she chooses to fight there. So uh, I'm hoping everybody drops out and recognizes the inevitable that it's going to be President Trump, and then everybody can start focusing on the campaign to defeat the Democrats, because that's really the target here. Uh, I mean, this was an entertaining exercise that we had between these Republicans, but it's time to move on and focus on the Biden administration. In fact, somebody was saying uh, uh, the other day that actually it wouldn't be a bad idea for President Trump to disappear for the next two or three months. That's hard to do because some of these trials, but to disappear from campaigning, just kind of let the, let the, let President Biden own the stage for a while because he needs to be the one answering some questions about some of the problems that we have. Now, one one thing I have to say about the media coverage of this Iowa caucus, yes, 
there was too much talking about Iowa and how big it was going to be. That didn't turn out, but that's that's expected. They always do that. But a couple of things that happened uh, during the caucus itself or during the, the, the night of the caucus, I thought they called it way too early for President Trump. I know that he was the winner and he won big, but I think they should at least wait until people vote. And as I understand, there were many, many places where they were still voting or talking and people were getting uh, messages on on their iPhone saying that they were already calling it for President Trump. I, I don't think that's a good idea. They should wait at least until uh, the voting is finished before they start calling uh, the election. No matter how obvious it looks, they should wait until the everybody has voted or the polls have closed, closed or in this case, the caucuses are over. I thought that was a bad idea to call it that early, even though I know everybody projected and turned out to be correct that President Trump would win big. The other, the other thing that was really horrific was what we saw in a couple of networks, MSNBC and CNN. At MSNBC, they were talking about white Christians in Iowa. What a, what a tasteless thing to do. White Christians in Iowa? That's a, a big factor right now. Of course there are white Christians in Iowa. And the lady who was saying this over at MSNBC, Joey Reid, somebody should remind her that in the civil rights movement back in the early 1960s when Reverend King was marching, that there were a lot of white Christians who were marching with Reverend Martin Luther King, that in fact that was a big part of the movement. That's kind of what gave uh, the Martin Luther King movement uh, the, the publicity that it got, the fact that many, many white Christians, clergy, all kinds of people joined those marches in support of Reverend King. So I thought this was a really tasteless remark by that lady at NBC, Joey Reid or whatever her name is. The other thing, too, is they decided not to show the Trump victory speech. Uh, you know, look, if you're not going to show the Trump victory speech, are you going to show the others? I mean, that's what networks do. They show the speech. That's part of the night. And if you're going to show, not show one, are you going to show or show some of the others? I mean, I think that was a very bad idea. And it shows a lot of disrespect toward the many, many people who voted for, for Trump uh, in Iowa. So, you know, there was a great article that came out uh, by, uh, by Jonathan Turley, Professor Jonathan Turley, where he was talking about all of this. And he says, you know, trust in the media is all the way down to record levels. Well, what we saw last night from networks not wanting to play the Trump speech and focusing so much or somehow branding all of the Trump supporters as white Christians, that that is not good. That's not good for our political debate, and it's not good for the media. I hope they realize that uh, a lot of white Christians uh, buy goods and services uh, being advertised uh, in their stations. Well, a couple of things from on this day in history to remember. On this day in 1979, the Shah of Iran left Iran. Now, that year is very important, 1979, because toward the end of the year, we had the hostage crisis when the U.S. embassy was attacked and over 50 diplomats were held hostage. So the Shah left Iran on this day in 1979, and the country has never been the same. In fact, the country has been a real problem ever since the Shah left. As if you've been watching the news here in the last two or three days, Iran has been very much in the news. They're behind all of this killing and all these ships uh, being attacked and in the, in the Mediterranean and the Red Sea and so on. But the Shah, who was not a perfect man by any means, but my goodness, the people of Iran were much better, particularly women, 
were much better under the Shah. And on this day in 1991, and it's hard to believe that would make it 30, what, 33 years ago? Is that right? 33? Uh, the, the Gulf War began. That was the first Gulf War. That's when Saddam Hussein went into Kuwait and the first President Bush uh, kicked him out, had a, uh, a great military coalition, great military victory and kicked him out. Well, that started on this evening, 1991. So a couple of things there from that region, a very difficult region, the Middle East, uh, the Shah leaving in 79 and the Gulf War, the first one beginning in 19. 19- 91. Thank you for listening. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, and we will talk to you later. Bye-bye, everybody.